All right, so I'm going to bring just a few um, thoughts. Again, this is um, with our ministries in, in mind, primarily our children's ministries, but these principles would apply to um, other ministries, and even they'll apply to things outside of ministries. And uh, so the, the, the focus of my little workshop here is um, organization in children's ministries. Um, I'm going to talk varying levels of organization. It's mostly mechanical type things. It's not something that, um, I mean, the Bible says do all things decently in order and God's not the author of confusion. Um, I'm not trying to display, downplay those, but I don't have a lot of verses here. Uh, the point, though, is that we, we need to be organized and the benefits that come from it are just you, you don't, you can't even, um, you, can't, you can't really uh, quantify them, let's put it that way. A disorganized classroom, students, we, we, we go through all the work to get them to come, and then they're, they're in a disorganized classroom. They're, some of them are causing the disruptions, some of them would like to hear, and all of that. And even the ones that are causing these disruptions might not if we had an organized classroom. They might be too busy participating. There is some that will not participate regardless. But we should be working at this, being organized, having a, a, an organized classroom. Um, it should be a big part of what we, what we do. And I'm going to just, just um, bring this, hopefully talk about this in such a way that it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be something that takes a lot of your time Every week, figuring out how to be organized. Um, some of this stuff, we can just get yourself in a frame of mind, get your class in a frame of mind, week after week, doing the same old, same old. And you say, well, that is not, it's not exciting. We'll talk about that. Uh, so many of you are going to say, yep, I do all of these things. Okay? And that's great. Or, I, I did all of that stuff, and maybe you've gotten tired. Or, I think... Do we really still need to do all of that kind of stuff? We're going to talk about that. Some of you are newcomers. And by newcomers, I'm saying newcomers maybe into the ministries. You've been here since you were in three-year-old class or kindergarten or something like that. And you don't remember seeing all this organization. And that's proof that it was there and that it worked. Your memories are not of crazy classrooms. Your memories are of enjoyable classrooms where you could learn and you had fun and you did this and you did that. And so if, you, if we don't have organized classrooms, children won't remember what we're actually trying to accomplish in the classroom. They'll, they'll remember the bad time they had, the kid that punched them and all that. And now uh, Brother John told us how to take care of you know, the kids that are punching. We've got to listen to them, lower our voice. Now what's going on, buddy? Yes. But anyway, I'm probably that other guy. You did that five weeks in a row. Stop it or you're not coming back ever, 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 ever. And I'm coming to your house. No. Anyway, so, <laughs> I hope that's not me. But anyway, uh, the point is that organization is invisible. If you do it right, it's invisible. It's not something like, oh, they're such organized unless somebody has got a trained eye. It's invisible. But it, it, it sets the, 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 it gives you the setting to accomplish what you want to. So, 
without going in any more with introductory matters, the first type of organization I would say that you need to have in any ministry is annual or even longer organization. Okay? If you teach the third graders, you need, you need some type of a schedule that covers every week out of the year. It might not have who's bringing the snack in for every week, but there's certain things that are going to be the same the third Sunday of your program every single year and the sixth Sunday. And maybe Easter is going to be early this year or, or later next year, and you'll have to juggle some things around. But if you have an annual calendar, when you find out that Easter is March 31st, did you know Easter was March 31st? And last year it was in your April schedule, and you're halfway through the month of March, and somebody says, Easter's next week, or like, oh no, I gotta change the schedule. Oh, you know, sending things out, or it's that morning, and you're like, I should have been teaching on Easter today. When you, ha- when, when you have a year long schedule, then when you're looking ahead, you don't have to figure out what you're gonna do for the next four weeks this month. You can just take what you're already planning, look at the special days, make adjustments. So um, in graded classrooms, that would be Sunday school and junior church. Now our Sunday schools, we give them a curriculum. But junior churches, we've had junior churches here for somewhat around, I don't know, 50 years. So people have been doing it for a while. And so junior churches should have something that they know what's going to happen for the whole year, or if it's a two-year junior church, all for the whole two years, it's going to be the same thing every two years. Not everything will be the same, but some things are going to be the same. You know what's being taught in the other classes. You're either going to supplement that or be, have something that's not exactly the same. And, and so this, your main lesson Um, In a graded classroom, you can plan all of these things ahead of time, or it has been for you. Your main lesson, your verses, your story, which might be a missionary story or an object lesson, your, your, your other story, the activities even, can all be figured out years in advance. So, um, so do it. It's not a command, but it's just like, why not do it? Why not do it? We can, we can get all of that out of the way say, and not have to think about it. Well, you are going to think about it because you're going to look at the schedule and say, oh, I've got to teach this lesson. And you'll already know what you're going to have to teach. You won't have to say, well, what am I going to teach this week? What am I going to preach on this week? What kind of theme are we going to have for the next month? You've got it already planned out. What happens when we don't plan it out, and I am a procrastinator, and so are you, when we don't plan it out, then it's like somebody's saying, am I supposed to teach the lesson tomorrow? Or you're calling somebody up saying, I've got all of this stuff. Can you at least do this? And we're all scrambling. We're all running over to the, to the library, to the resource center, letting ourselves in, taking things when it's not open. Right, librarians? <laughs> Trying to sneak back in. You know, I had to use this. Okay? That's, that's, not, that's not organized. And we don't have to do that if we, if we plan uh, in advance. If you have a non-graded ministry, and that would be a bus route, we have, we have a, the Bible club, you might not be able to plan all of that stuff, nursing home ministry, maybe even others. You should, you should try to have some kind of a long-range plan. Now, I'm, I'm, it's funny that I talk this way, 
because for years, my wife would say, do you have any plans? And I got angry at her. My dad was such a planner. I was like, that is a four-letter word. But, uh, but anyway, but, but you can have some type of a plan. For us at Bible Club, I like teaching through the visualized Bible. So we just know what comes after the first series in Romans the second series in Romans. And what comes after that? The third series. And there's five series in Romans. And what's going to come after the, when we finish Romans? First Corinthians. And what's coming after that? So we just work through. So when, when my wife puts together the next kind of schedule, she knows where we are. She knows where we're going. It's already been figured out. I used their plan. Easy, easy plan right there. Um, but something. Maybe you, like, you have all of them. And you like the Abeka Flash of Card series. Those have lessons in them. Have some kind of a, a long-range plan. And it doesn't have to be one of those two. But start developing, if you don't have one, some type of a plan where when you go to put down the, de- the, the schedule with more details, you are, you're, you're starting with something already. You're not starting from scratch. How many, if you're the leader of a ministry, how, are you like me that you don't like putting schedules together? You like having a schedule, but, but sitting down and just doing it is not fun. Okay, so that's why you don't do it. You put it off till you have to. And so I'm going to propose that you don't do it every month. You don't need to do it every month. Since you're going to go through all the trouble to do it, do it for a season. Do it for four months. Okay? So, the first level of organization is annual or longer organization. You need something. Then I would say quarterly or seasonal organization. We have schools. We have the college. So it just really makes a lot of sense to, to schedule from January through somewhere in May, from May through August, and from August through December. We make three schedules a year, okay? Because they're so fun to make. You know, so since, since they're not fun to make, we only make three. I remember trying to make a monthly schedule, and like it was like, I just, didn't I just do this? Racking my brain, how to put this schedule together, and like, the longer the schedule is, the less I have to go through that struggle, at least for me. What should be on there? On your seasonal, which would be like a monthly schedule, and I'm really, I'm really encouraging you, don't, don't make yourself do that every month. Do more than a month. Um, that would be where you decide who's responsible for all elements of the program. The lesson, who's gonna teach the lesson? You already know what the lesson will be because you have an annual plan. Uh, Who's going to teach the verse? You already know what the verse will be because you've figured out the verses with the lessons for the annual plan. Uh, Who's going to do the welcome or the pledges or sing the songs or run the program or uh, have a prayer time or uh, tell the story time? Um, You you may let your people that are picking the story pick what they want. You may decide ahead of time. You got your so planned out, which is not bad, that you know what story you want to go with the lesson. But story, who's going to be preparing the activity? We're going to have a game, right? Who's bringing the game? Who's going to administer, run the game? Who's bringing the snack or the drink and anything else that you have in your program, in whichever ministry you have? That is all figured out who is responsible for it and put on a quarterly, let's call it a quarterly or seasonal calendar. And then you hand that out. You publish it. It should cover the whole section. You should aim to pass it out a couple weeks early. How many of you have gotten a schedule? You've gotten a schedule, and something is tomorrow. We have, let's see, raise the hands, all of us. 
except for leaders that just did that. How many, how many have done that to somebody else? Okay. <laughs> or how many of you have, um, and we've done it. I mean, it's not like I haven't made these mistakes before. Um, well, we're late getting this out. Change all the names on the first week to AV. <laughs> AV is doing everything. AV and JV is doing everything this week, and that way we don't push it off on our workers. Okay, we've done it. Okay, but um, the, the goal is to pass it out a couple weeks early, schedule a couple weeks into the next segment. If you typically say we're going to go from May, May 15th to September 1st, schedule your January 1st through May 30th. You're not going to change it when May 15th comes around, but if you know yourself and you get a little behind, you, are, you already know what's going on into May, May 30th. Then when you schedule your May 15th, you already, you already have it figured out what's for the end of May, and you, you, you publish, decide the next season. Schedule a couple weeks into the next season, and that way your schedules can overlap. That just keeps everything running smoothly. Um, and if you do that, worker, workers are rarely surprised with unexpected responsibilities. Now, in the fall push meeting, Mr. Wright, he got up and said, everybody should have a story, should have a verse, should have a game ready. Just even if you're not scheduled, you should have it ready. That's, that was good. I was like, that's good. And then I was like, I hope nobody takes advantage of that. <laughs> One way or the other. You have something ready, right? Okay, you're on. <laughs> you know, I forgot to make the schedule, but you're ready, right? Yeah. That, really, that doesn't, that's not blessed. Um, so don't take advantage of it as a worker or as a leader. You can say, well, I got this ready. And, oh, I'm supposed to tell the story tomorrow. I guess if you have something ready, you should do that more than something else. But don't, don't live like that. Don't live for your kids in your ministry like that. Use, uh, when you're making that schedule, use rotations. Let, let everybody have something. Um, but keep some variety. You might assign um, four-week stories to, to workers, that way they can tell a longer series and then have a couple single weeks in there because they can tell a shorter story, rotate, you know, not, so that, that uh, the w- person that tells the four-week story doesn't always tell a four-week story and the other ones have the one-week stories, whatever. Just use some rotations there. That helps, that helps you have variety. And um, Then um, include special events in there. Normally those are around holidays or maybe uh, we have a verse faithfulness contest where we review all the verses for the last year and they get the same again and win a prize. That's on there. Um, or it's a holiday or maybe it's just a special event. We have certain things that we do with a secret seat day and, and this and that. Those go on that schedule. Although all your extra things, there's you know, even put on there, we're out of town. And the worker's going to ask you, where are you? And you're going to say, well, we're going on a cruise, or we're going to Mexico, or we're going on a mission trip, or whatever. Put it on there. You know you're going to be gone. Put it on the schedule. That way, when you see that, you say, okay, have I got myself covered? And your workers tell you. You know, they're in the ensemble, so they're going to be gone four weeks over the next uh, th- three months. Put it on there. Then you know. So you're, you're, you're planning. Um, anything special there. All right, so that's your schedule. Now we all know what's going on. Weeks before we got to do it, we know what's going on. We look at it, and okay, those are my responsibilities. I know what's going on. Now classroom organization. Establish a routine. 
Routines are boring, but really they just they set up an organization that allows you to have excitement in a classroom. Establish a routine. Use the same order of events for classroom. Children like to have order. They, they're unsettled if it's not what they're expecting. So have order for us. And I'm just going to give you our... Bible club is not a Sunday school, but a Bible club. They're playing games. And then we sing our Bible club song. We, say our pledge, or we sing our Bible club song. We pray. We say our pledges. We sing some songs. We teach the verse. I teach the lesson. We sing some songs. We tell a story. And we have snacks every week. It's the same. And it's nice. It's all the same. There's a couple reasons. One, one is children's like, like order. Secondly, workers know when they should take over the program. And I said it that way on purpose. There should never be a time in your program where we're saying, well, who's, who's next? You know, I can tell when my wife is wrapping up teaching the verse. And I'll sit in the back and say, well, that was good. Oh, I'm next. No, I, 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 I'm up there. I'm in front. It's before she's done, I'm up there. Okay? And your program needs to, you can't be, as soon as you aren't in control, you've lost control. So you know what the, you know what, you know what the order is, the workers know what the order is, and the next person knows what they're doing, they know they're, they're next. Sometimes it's hard to figure out when the guy is finishing with his lesson, but as soon as they know it, they're going to come up. If you're finished with the lesson and they haven't come up, you keep talking. You don't have to keep teaching, but you're, okay, we're going to be singing a song here, so let's be getting ready. As soon as you give that hint, the person knows they're coming up, right? But don't just walk off and nobody's there to take over for you. So um, establish a routine, use the same order, children-like order, workers know when they should take over. over. Uh, even the routine, is the repetition is instructional, okay? We say the pledges. Uh, I, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but I'm be fine to explain it. Um, well, I'm going to explain it right now. When we say the pledges, we pledge to the Bible first. I love our country, but it doesn't take prominence over uh, anything else. Okay? And guess what we say? What are we going to pledge to first? Every week we teach our kids what's more important. What's the most important? The Bible. So... Some routines themselves are instructional, and there's other things that you could do with that. Um, there will be times when that routine must be broken up. Just let the times when it must be broken up break up the, the monotony of the routine. Somebody's going to say, we're having a puppet show. Well, that's going to break up the routine. Praise the Lord, right? We got Easter program practice. Um, it's not a bad thing. It forces you to have variety, without you having to figure out how to have a different kind of schedule every week. When you're not having that, schedule is like this. It's always like a certain thing. Let the outside forces force the variety onto you. When there's nothing else, keep your classroom routine. Um, and I already kind of said this. Don't allow for any, any dead time. So um, you can determine through experience, if you're new into your class or whatever, it might take you a, a week or two or three to figure out, but there should never be dead time. You determine through your, through your experience when you will start the program. It would, be sound, it would be something like this. Regardless of the time, once there are 
five students, or once there are two students, or maybe somebody's like, once there's one student. Okay, regardless of, of what time in the day, regardless of whether it's 1045 or 1030 or, you know, whatever, once there's this many students, if you're on the bus, regardless of whether we're at the first stop or the 20th stop, if we're at the 20th stop and we just got our third person, we're starting the program, whatever. Once there's a certain number of kids, students, we're starting the program. So that, that's what I mean by no dead time. But up to that point, the children will be doing fill in the blank. You have a lot of activities that aren't like big program style, but things that they can do, they can be learning, remembering different things about Bible stories. There's Ten Commandments. There was, you know, uh, what, three children in the fiery furnace. There was Caleb and Joshua, the two buddies. I mean, the different things with numbers and letters and, and reviewing, reading through the Ten Commandments, the whatever, the seven I am's. There's so much stuff. You can just put in a little notebook or, or, or flashcard type things that you can do with kids when there's not enough for a program. Um, so, don't allow any dead time. Activities can vary. They could be playing. They could be listening. They could be singing. They could be doing something. But they're always being led by someone. Somebody's always leading the activity. If it's an active activity or a passive activity, somebody's leading it. We shouldn't finish the activity and just walk off. Like in a moment, I'm going to walk off here. I'm going to surprise Dr. Mitchell and walk off. Because I feel, figure you guys are mature enough to handle an instant without somebody in front of the classroom. <laughs> okay? But that's not, but I'm, and I'm just joking, but it is what's going to happen. But he'll, he'll be right here. We won't go take a break. We won't punch our neighbor because we're going to be involved with what's going on here. Some of us will punch our neighbor, but anyway. So, all of that, with all of that preparation, preparation has, um, there is some danger in all of that preparation. There is danger in it. It's, as much as I'm saying we should do it, there's danger in it. And one of, one of the dangers is that we let the organization do our preparation. If you're teaching I'm picking on third grade for some reason. Let's pick, let, if you're teaching, teaching first grade and you've taught first grade for 67 years or 17 years if you're Tim O, um, you know, you come around, like, I've taught this 17 times. I don't need to study this. I know this, right? We can get into that, oh, I know this. Pastor Mitchell just preached on it last week. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe give you an extra thing, but so, uh, an extra way to, to teach the lesson. But you still have to prepare weekly. You still have to prepare. I, you, we could get to the point where I've done this so many times, I don't need to prepare. Nope. We can't, get, we can't say, I got this all organized. I can just depend on the organization. We have to have the organization, but we also have to prepare. I suggest that you start preparing and some people might think this is late, but I suggest you start preparing as soon as you've finished the last responsibility in that type of activity. As soon as I finish teaching the lesson, I start preparing for next week's lesson. There's always something to be preparing for. Okay? I've finished telling this story. I have another story to tell in three weeks. What am I going to tell? Is it on the schedule? What else is going on then? Okay, nothing. I can pick what I want. Let's get it and start reading it. Um, story, series, whatever it is. And as you're preparing, 
and this is not as much about organization, but you say, what do I do? I know this stuff. As you're preparing, think about your students. While you're reading that lesson plan, think about your students. Okay? They're different people than the last time you told that lesson. It's a new batch of them. They act differently. They come from different homes. Now, they're still first graders, so they pretty much act the same as the other first graders, but they're different people. And you're a different person. You're a year older. You've learned stuff in the last year. You've learned something about first graders that you thought you knew, but you just learned it this year. Is that going to affect the way you... Those lesson plans, they are great. They're rich doctrinally, but they use words that my kids don't understand. So as I'm reading that lesson plan, I'm thinking, okay, now that word, I'm going to have to say that this way. And the next day through, I think, I better say that this way. So um, don't let organization lull you into thinking you don't need to prepare. We must be organized, but that really just frees us up to be able to really prepare. If we're disorganized, we don't even know what we're teaching until two days before. You're not doing much preparation there. Like, oh, finally got that out. Okay, what am I going to do? Uh, zip, 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 zip. We better get something that's good. I better throw in some craziness that's not really teaching, but it'll keep their attention. You know, if you, the Bible is powerful. The Bible can keep children's attention. I'm not saying we would just read it, but you don't have to be wacky crazy just to keep somebody's attention. You, you, can, be, you can be well prepared and keep their attention. And talking about wacky crazy, I meant to say this earlier and doesn't fit in here, except when we're talking about songs. Let me just say, as uh, somebody who thinks about music a lot, children's songs are juvenile enough. They're fun. They're juvenile enough. We don't need to make them even more juvenile. And this is not a rule. I'm not going to be upset when, when your kids yell out in the middle of a thing. But we, 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 they're juvenile enough. That's why they're called children's songs. And then we add stuff to it that's not even related to Scripture, misrepresents the devil or misrepresents heaven or something. Just be careful or think about that. Just because everybody does it and it's fun and we laugh at it doesn't mean it's... Um, Something that's worth, worth doing. Um, so anyway, that, that was uh, maybe, maybe I need to retract that statement later. I don't think so, though. So um, anyway, prepare. All right, so almost done. And then, uh, so that's your, that's your hint. <laughs> Some of you might be saying, how can I ever get to all that organization? That's a lot. A year? I'm barely getting two weeks in advance. How do I do a year? Have you ever heard the question, the answer to the question, how do you eat an elephant? How? One bite at a time. Okay. I am talking about something that you might be looking at saying, well, that's crazy. I can't do that. Just start. Just open a document on your computer and put 52 weeks in it. Just put one, two, one through 52. Just start. Two weeks later, think, you know, that was good. I like, I'm going to check into that Bible visuals or I'm going to, what would it take for us to own the whole Bible in Flash of Cards series? You know, you could probably send somebody to college for that price. That's how they, that's how they, I'm just joking. But you could probably build a, build a dormitory at, at Pensacola Christian College by buying uh, the Flash Card series. Who knows? Anyway, 
but it does, it does cost money. Okay, but what would it take? Think about it. What would it take? Well, I could if I if I spend twenty dollars a month. I'll little by little I'll have more than what I need. I'll be a month ahead, and then in three months I'll be two months ahead with what I own as far as the number of lessons that I need. I don't know what it would be, but start somewhere. Start somewhere. Um, and the foundation is that annual plan, and that's not hard. Two parts to it as a basic. What's going to be taught or preached, and what verse is going to go with it. And the reason verse is easy is because almost every lesson, you decide on a lesson series, it says teach this verse. It incorporates that verse into the lessons. Boom. Okay, you could, you could be like study the Bible, get your concordance out, and all that, but somebody else has already done that. Use that. Stand on the shoulders of the ancients. Use their work. Build off of it. So that's um, so. And then, so then the question is: Is it important? Is it important to you? It is more important than fill in the blank. Something else that's taking the time. So, and other people have done it. Other people have done it. You're teaching whatever grade junior church. You haven't been teaching that all your life. Other people did it. They had schedules. You might have to, you know, you might have to send the slow boat to Myanmar, get something back from Pastor Armacost. He was third and fourth grade junior church teacher. I'm sure he's got schedules or whatever, whatever it is. Ask for help. You don't have to create this yourself. Um, but you get organization into what you do, you will n- never go back. Okay? You, you, once you do it, you have a week or two without it, and you're like, we got to get that going. It's really important. So that's what I have to say about organization.